when you have these nasty debates play out where there's so many issues, whether it's immigration, abortion, which you mentioned, or some of the others, if I'm talking to you and I don't know you at all and I have a different point of view, it's easier for me to hate you because we disagree than it is if I knew you and I knew about your family and I knew the kind of things that you're going through. And, and we've talked about other things that don't have anything to do with this nasty stuff. All right, we're live. Welcome to Over the Ledge Live, the podcast, the number one, and some say only, political satire show based solely on the Texas legislature. I'm Amy Lowry, and I'm glad you're here. I'm as surprised as you are that we're doing a show tonight. I I thought for sure I'd be huddled in my bed under all my covers without power or heat or just like last year. But so far, so... Over the Ledge gives you a behind-the-scenes look at the shenanigans of the Texas legislature by decoding political headlines and legislators' behavior into easy-to-understand single-ant jokes. We're just as funny, but not as famous yet. Let's meet our guest tonight. First up, we have our beloved Aaron Salinas. Let's take a moment to really appreciate Aaron. He is the lovable little brother of this show, and we'd be nothing without him. Mm-hmm. Yep, bring it. What the fuck? Aaron is an award-winning writer, director, and actor. With <laughs> awards. Love, <laughs> with a love for brisket, breakfast tacos, and learning to live with lactose intolerance, who always pays his rent on time. <laughs> and <laughs> a native Texan, you can find Aaron listening to Selena or in the aisles of an HEB when we're not in stage five or experiencing a winter storm. He is vaxxed and boosted and thinks you should be too. Welcome, Aaron Salinas. Yay. Hello. About 20% of that is the bio I sent in to Stephanie. And, <laughs> and then the rest is all unnecessary. But I Heartfelt am, tribute. Yes, beautiful. heartfelt. Just um, welcomed in the, into the, into the, 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 the Chiarello family. There we oh. go. Or Chiarello family. That works too. Okay. They're both um, very important. But yeah, still. Uh, Two months in, folks. Still not taking my lactose intolerance seriously. We'll see how the rest of the year goes. Okay. Okay. Next, we have a wonderful comedic guest for you tonight, Ivy Lee. Ivy is the host and the creator of FOGO, Fear of Going Outside, a nature show by the most reluctant host ever. She is a sex-positive Asian mom about town in Austin, Texas, the first in her family to go to college, and they're real excited she ended up as a comedian. Please welcome (laughs) Ivy Lee. Hey, thanks for having me. Ivy Lee with one E. Our very special celebrity guest for tonight is Scott Braddock. Scott is a journalist and political analyst who's the editor of the Quorum Report, the number one, but not only, but oldest political newsletter. <laughs> He's a radio personality, first, a proud papa. Not oldest, the first. The first. Yeah, right. It's on your website. Right. (laughs) She took it straight from the website. The website is the oldest, but we're the first. And he's a cigar lover. Website, believe me. And he's a cigar lover. Please welcome Scott Braddock to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for being here again, Scott. Mm -hmm. Yep. A repeat. Well, the question was. The, over, the so. question was, am I the first person to agree to come back on the show after being subjected to it the first time? Is that true? I think you're the second. I think I'm Watson the second. has. Okay. Yeah. Right. Did you guys run out of white men? 
No, but he was the first <laughs> we can have to bribe. They ran. They actually, Ivy. They ran out of white men in Texas politics, and so you're stuck with me. Just plumb out. That's what happened. Yeah, couldn't find. I had fresh out, as they say, fresh out. Yeah, <laughs> binders. I had binders and binders. I'm out. Get binders of white men. Yeah, <laughs> the shelves are just clean out. <laughs> like an H-E-B. Kids who grew up in a Baptist church, you can't find us. <laughs> Anywhere. Finally, we have the creator and the ruler of the Over the Ledge Empire, who needs no introduction. Stephanie, her birthday is February 7th. Hint, hint, Giorello. Oh my gosh, I can't believe you remembered, Amy. Thanks so much. That's so sweet. As always. Before we hear our monologue today, we want to take a special moment to thank our sponsors. Thank you, sponsors. Thank you, sponsors. Thank you, sponsors. Save the date. We will be back live in person September 16th through 18th this year, 2022, at the Long Center. Yes. Make sure you check out our bonus episode of Over the Ledge where we asked, so you think you can vote by mail? And then we snicker to ourselves. Now it's time for What's Up in Texas with our host, Stephanie Chiarella. Thank you. What's, what's up, up in, in Texas? Texas? What's up? What's up? Texas. I'll tell you. Well, if we're holding today's podcast, I guess that means Texas made it through the winter storm. I want to personally thank Governor Abbott for all his hard work last session doing absolutely nothing to ensure this would happen. Big props, Big Daddy. Big props. Governor, an uncanny Valley prototype Greg Abbott, is deep in primary season, which means he's working hard to appeal to Republican voters. But even an endorsement from Trump may not be enough to appeal to far-right voters who are concerned that somehow their wives are still allowed to leave the house. Texas students are taking the initiative to walk out of schools while the state fails to protect them from COVID-19. They plan to keep walking until their safety is insured, so probably Colorado or so. A newly drawn district in Tarrant County has been challenged in the courts for discriminating against Black and Hispanic voters, but a federal (gasps) judge ruled that the primaries can still go forward. Hmm. The judge suggested we should at least give the new white state senator a fair start in making legal before we take away his right to do so. Who would have thought that would have happened our first year without preclearance? I, it never <laughs> crossed my mind, Ivy. You know, people are I, good people. I'm just really tired of the white politicians getting the starting line way behind everyone else. It's just we need to give them... <laughs> A fair shot. It's only we right. Do. We do. It's tradition. Speaking, speaking of fair shots, man, I just can't get off Abbott. That's what she said. Governor <laughs> Abbott. No, she offered not up. No one has ever said that in their life. Ever. <laughs> Governor Abbott offered up a parental bill of rights for those who don't believe in public education. It will be hard to get the word out, though, since the bill protects the refusal to read. <laughs> 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 that was good. That was... that was that was a good one, Stevie. Yeah, that was a thinker. Thank you. Took a All second. Right. Yeah. Attorney General Ken Paxton, also known as the state's top white collar criminal, refused <laughs> to disclose donors to his two point eight million dollar campaign fund. 
He said he's under a strict NDA with Universal not to ruin the plot of their upcoming Wolf of Wall Street sequel, Coyotes of Congress Avenue. (laughs) (laughs) I just added the towel to really sell that one. It it sounded good. Sounded good. All I mean, right. he's ruining this cut, this this state, but it's not good. Hey, speaking of ruining the state, <laughs> Agriculture Commissioner Sid Miller is trying mm. to stop black farmers in Texas from getting federal aid they're entitled to because he says that debt relief is discriminatory. He added, speaking of discrimination, when is White History Month? Hold on, I really can't tell. Did he ask that? Like, <laughs> like? No, I don't. Okay. Well, I. I don't no. think so. He's it seems like something that might have <laughs> crossed he, his lips. I'll, I'll you know, check his tweet. You know it was a white man who invented deodorant, and we would know his name if only there were a white history month. Mm-hmm. <laughs> True. Isn't every month? All right, well, that was really it, actually. Early oh. voting for primaries starts February 14th. That's Valentine's Day. In addition to the names mentioned above, many other seats are up for grabs, including. Lieutenant Governor, Land Commissioner, Comptroller, State Board of Education, Texas House, and Senate seats. Think of the primaries as getting past a note in study hall. Do you like me? No, from Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick. (laughs) You know which box to check. Mm -hmm. Okay, audience, let me tell you how this podcast works. On tonight's episode, Aaron and Ivy are competing against each other for the coveted Most Knowledgeable Comedian in Austin Award. Comedians, please be aware. Please be aware that, um, sorry, you can each phone a friend three times if you're stuck on a question. And by friend, we mean Scott Braddock. This award is given to the comedian who knows the most about Texas politics according to the outcome of the games on our show. Stephanie, show the award. Whoever wins gets their picture taken with our special guest, Scott Braddock. Scott will post the picture on his social media announcing that the winning comedian is the most knowledgeable comedian in Austin. Stephanie, do we ask Scott if he's okay with this? Obviously not. Y'all didn't ask the comedians if we were okay with that. (laughs) Yeah, I know. What if they don't want to be, you know, photographed with me? Y'all, a gig's a gig. Gotta respect the hustle. That's right. It It could be a problem either way. Scott is a journalist, which in today's day means he's got a really active Twitter account. And we all know what that means. It's time to play Tweets or Twasn't. It was not. As always, comedians can ask our special guests for help a total of three times a piece between the two games that they play. And Scott, please feel free to jump in at any time. But remember, this is Texas and nobody gets anywhere with any help from anyone else. Unless you're Greg Abbott getting large contributions for PUC members. All right. Scott, I don't understand why I can't get Republicans on this show. Do you have any idea why? I can't. I was sitting here thinking uh, through that uh, the whole time Abby was talking. I was wondering why Republicans are never on the show. I don't. I ask. They just. Yeah. I don't know. We're a neutral party. We As are. I was doing my nails, I don't know why. You were I mean, sitting there I thinking, why do Republicans not appear so. on the show? What's that? I said, I hate Republicans and Democrats equally, so. Is that right? Well, you know, I mean, I appear on shows of all stripes. I mean, there are very conservative shows that I do. Uh, the Mark Davis show is a big uh, conservative Republican show in Dallas-Fort Worth. I guest host that from time to time. 
uh, out in West Texas, uh, the Chad Hasty Show, which is one of those uh, conservative uh, right-wing talk shows that uh, our Repub uh, Republican leaders like to appear on quite a bit. Governor Abbott, little Governor Dan Patrick, and others all like to be on that show. Uh, and I'm also a regular, you caught it, and then um, I'm also a regular guest uh, on a very liberal uh, radio talk show that's based out of New Hampshire, uh, hosted by uh, my friend Arnie Arneson, uh, who was the first woman to run for governor of New Hampshire against, uh, I think it was uh, Johnson Nunu back in the day, interesting uh, lady, but she is about as far left as anybody I know, and my deal is I'll sit there and spar with any of them, talk with any of them, uh, give anybody information, uh, you know, and, and see what see what comes out on the other end of all of it. But, uh, you know, I, I think there are too few people who are willing to do that these days. I mean, everybody's in there. I mean, to your point, Republicans won't come on the show. Now, it might be because they don't like Aaron's humor. I don't know the answer mm -hmm. on that. It could be that. Comedy okay. is subjective, right? Comedy is very subjective. It's because uh, they're Aaron's uh, landlord. It could be yeah. that. And I got to say, I'm not real big in QAnon spheres. I don't you're think. Not big, you're not big in that. Yeah. Um, but look, I, I'm happy to talk to anybody who's willing to at least listen to facts. And we do have a lot of people. At, I think it's fair to say, and I don't want to be accused of any false equivalence. It's fair to say right now uh, that the, the larger fact-free environment is on the Republican side uh, within what I would say is the sort of the Trump wing of the Republican Party, which I don't even consider to be uh, conservative. Uh, there are some on the left who are, who are the same, who, who won't listen to an argument from anybody else. Uh, but I do think it's it's that that problem is more tilted toward the right right now. OK, we're going to talk more about this because I saw that photo of there was a tweet of you and Drew Springer. Yeah. Yeah. Man. Yeah. And I'll, and I'll speak to any group. I mean, I'll go speak to Democratic groups or Republican groups. There was a picture of me with uh, Senator Springer up in uh, Denton County. And one of my favorite groups to talk to in the whole state is the Denton County Republican Women. Uh, you know, they're, they're uh, one of those groups that's very influential in that area. If you're running for uh, any office as a Republican in that area uh, or statewide, it's one of the rooms that you do have to go to. Uh, it's one of those events. And you, and you see these on the Democratic side, too, where it's one of those events where at the beginning they have everybody who's running for something stand up and say what they're running for uh, or what office they are in uh, because they did come there to get seen. Uh, because these are the kind of activists who are, are, I mean, they live up to the name activists, right? They're the ones who are actually actually out there uh, working on campaigns, talking about candidates. Um, you know, they're really thought leaders within their community. Uh, and it's interesting which uh, rooms around the state, if you're running for something, that you really have to go to. Uh, you know, that that uh, room in Denton is one of them. Uh, one of the places you have to go is kind of surprising is uh, Washington County, Brenham, where they make uh, the Bluebell ice cream. If you're running... If you're running statewide as a Republican, you need to stop in Brenham uh, because, you know, they're thought leaders in, in that part of Texas. And, and it's true, you know, in Austin, Dallas, uh, you know, San Antonio and everywhere that there are these places and these different groups uh, that are influential in a way that you might not expect. But I, you know, I appreciate my friendships on both sides of the aisle. So, so you're saying that, that some people's political support matters than other, more than others and, and not everybody's voice is equal here no, in I, I, Texas? It, it's, it's an interesting way to say it. What I'm saying is that people who really get involved in the process are the ones who end up having the most influence, right? I mean, the people I'm talking about in Denton, for example, these are not folks who are giving a bunch of money to these politicians. These are not people who are, you know, able to write big checks, but they are activists that people uh, are uh, responsive to because they're the kind of folks who are going to call uh, lawmakers up and say, hey, I like this and I didn't like that. I have an idea about this and a, an idea about that. 
I was talking to the uh, the Speaker of the House, uh, Dave Phelan, the other day when I was guest hosting a conservative talk show. And you know how there are these Republicans who want some Republicans who want to see another special of the uh, session of the Texas legislature uh, to deal with vaccine mandates and a few other things. Uh, and he was talking about the fact that, look, when you are an elected official, one of the things that you absolutely need to do is take the time to visit with people who are in your area, in your district, right? And, and there are different groups that are more influential than others. And a lot of it is not based on money, but how active they are and, ha and how much they really get involved in the process. And you see that on the Democratic and the Republican side, but there are certain groups uh, within the Republican Party uh, that don't necessarily spend a lot of money, but are very influential because of their level of activism. They're the kind of people, and it's so, sort of folks who, you know, there are certain ones who, are the kind of voters who end up electing a senator like Ted Cruz because they're the ones who would, you know, crawl through broken glass in the rain to vote in a in a you know off year or an off time election. Uh, and uh, some of the people who are not as fired up would be the ones who might say, "Well, it's raining outside. I don't know if I can make it to the polls today." And uh, they would just stay home, right? I mean, the, the people who are the most active end up having, you know, a real big uh, influence on the process for sure. I, I I sympathize with them. You know, I feel like if you if you went to all three legislative sessions, like you should get the fourth one free. <laughs> all I right, would. let's play. Let's play tweets or twas. Here we go. All I right. will say real quick, if you find yourself oh my in God. Pits, don't go to that lady's <laughs> place for the Republicans, but go to Gangnam Chicken because they got the best fried chicken in Denton. In Denton? Yep. Gangnam fried chicken okay. is delicious. Right. I speak to them every year, so that's where I'm gonna have lunch next time. Thank you. Got you, man. Okay, Ivy, you need to tell me if um, Scott tweeted this or if he twittened, if it wasn't a tweet. Oh boy. Okay. Grade my paper. If there were as many barriers to paying your gas or electric bill as there are to voting in Texas, the energy lobby would rightly have that fixed in one session, a special session that the governor would call tomorrow. Right? Hashtag Texas Ledge. Tweet or twasn't ivy um i am gonna say uh tweet because that that feels way too long for you as a comedian to have have, have made that up <laughs> scott tweet or twasn't i did say that you did i All saw right. the slightest right. smirk on your face while she was <laughs> you know you when you're typing this stuff out you, you don't expect anybody's gonna read it out loud to you one day <laughs> now, now you know it used to be that they would say if you're going to text or email just be ready for it to be read aloud in court and i guess you have to think of your tweets that way too well <laughs> when you're a journalist you have to expect your things to just be read i would hope but you never know aaron tweet or twasn't uh-huh seeing a lot of reactions to beto's fundraising number so here's a thought when anyone says they know how much it costs to run a winning statewide Democratic campaign in Texas, he or she is just guessing because there hasn't been such a campaign in a modern economy. Boom! Excellent. Um, is that what my voice sounds like in your head when you're reading my tweets? That's I'm what scared. you sound like to us right now. <laughs> okay, all right. I was just, I was just double checking. Yeah. It's, uh, I'm sensing your, you know, your whole persona is what I'm trying to bring to the table here. I get it. He, he was a hard person to read on this one, man. He gave me like four different faces. Well, after you indicated that I tipped my hand last time, 
I gave you a better poker act on that one, didn't I? <laughs> I, I, I kind of saw like excitement. Like he was like, oh yeah, I saw this one. And then I also read in your maybe face, not. like, what is she? Maybe so saying? maybe that's yeah, one of my favorite like... tweet babies. And maybe this is one that I would really <laughs> like to disown. I'm gonna say, uh, I'm gonna say it wasn't. I don't think it was exact. I think that there was something similar. Scott. I did say that. Damn it. Oh, come on, Aaron. Okay, I did I'm say try that, to... you know, the, the point of it, I mean, y'all, y'all saw where uh, Governor Abbott raised something like $19 million over six months, and then you had Beto O'Rourke announce that he raised a little over $7 million within six weeks, which is a good showing by both of them, and you got to remember that those are different time frames. Um, but uh, I think it's an interesting question. People will say, and you've heard from uh, different political professionals and others, uh, you know, the punditry will say, well, if a Democrat's going to win, They've got to raise 50, 50, 50 million or 100 million to win in Texas. And I'm just thinking that they're just making that number up. They don't know the answer. But they don't know the answer because no Democrat has won in Texas. Because they never won. In so, well, in so long, <laughs> Ivy, well, Ivy, think of it this way. The last time there was a statewide Democrat who was successful uh, in their campaign statewide, um, that was 1994. So if you were going to compare a winning election, let's say it happens this year, Beto, for example, if it happens and you were going to compare how much was spent in 94 versus how much is spent now, you'd have to use the phrase, quote, in today's dollars, because the dollars are not even worth the same amount, right? No, you'd have to no, account Scott, for inflation. I wouldn't have to, because the Texas yeah. ledge has defended my right to not know anything about math whatsoever. <laughs> well, <laughs> and I'm born that. and raised Texan. Let, we're real proud of that. Like we're real proud of that. And you know, inflation is a big deal. And so it costs Democrats even more to win around here now. That's the that's the theory. Hey, yeah, let's not act like 94 was a long time ago. Okay. <laughs> Someone someone's getting close to 30 and it's starting to starting to hit. Starting to creep up. Oh, crying yeah. Also, let's not act like Democrats raise money in Texas and leave it here. They siphon it all out to other states. Sure. Just like uh, Republicans in California. Oh, I've used shit. my perfect. <laughs> well, because they can't. Well, Republicans do that. I mean, so I saw just the other day uh, you had uh, Beto O'Rourke. Of course, he always gets uh, criticized for having raised some money from other states, which, of course, is true. He has supporters in other states. But Governor Abbott raised at least one point five million on one of his recent reports from California. And, you know, it's interesting. There are. Um, there are, of course, a lot of Republicans in Texas, a ton of Republicans. You know yeah. that the only um, the only comparable sized uh, political convention in the whole world to the Republican Party of Texas convention is the Communist Party of China. It's a giant political event, right? Um, and people in, do I love it. I go every day. <laughs> in California, in California, there are more Republicans than there are Republicans in Texas because they have more population. Right, but there's more Democrats than there are Republicans, right? So the Republicans are in California. They get real frustrated and they want to host someone like Greg Abbott or Ron DeSantis or whoever because they want to back a winner, which they're not going to be able to do in California because what they haven't had a Republican uh, governor since Arnold Schwarzenegger. Which, to Aaron's point, as he's aging and going through his quarter life crisis, was not that long ago. Life. <laughs> right. <laughs> and Schwarzenegger's only sort of nominally Republican. I mean, I think yeah, he's old back. school Republican. Yeah, and but you'd have to go back further for a Republican that any of these folks would claim these. And days. at the okay, local well, hold level, on. We'll... Republicans in California are doing fine at the local level. Okay, we'll get mm. Bach to Arnold Schwarzenegger later. Charles. Aaron, tweet or tw oh no, wait, no, I. I Tweeter twasn't. Ivy's turn. Okay, I'm gonna try to really be. Let's try to be still. 
There we go. I, re I refuse to respond to a tweet from a guy named Live Laugh Love 69. Just beneath <laughs> me. I don't think he said that. Scott. No, I did not say that. If I if I wasn't gonna respond to it, I just wouldn't. <laughs> I, yeah, I think I think he wouldn't say that. That doesn't seem. Live, laugh, love, ninety-seven, eighty-three. Nobody named Live, laugh, love, sixty-nine is listening to Scott Braddock. <laughs> no one named that is following me. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> no one living a great life like that. Cares and I'm that. still not gonna follow you, Scott. Jeez. Thank right. you. Okay. Okay, Aaron. Fair enough. PSA. It's absolutely fine to tweet a quote from MLK without your campaign logo. <laughs> I, I'm going to say tweet because that seems like some shit people were doing. Like, yeah. <laughs> Scott? Yeah, you got it. That's right. Yeah, yeah he did it. <laughs> mm -hmm. I liked that, that one a little, lot. I liked that silly. one. People need to stop doing that. All right, Ugh. Ivy. Gross, actually. That's hilarious. It's gross. What are they doing? I need to do that. Oh, we know what they're doing. <laughs> yeah. The bigger member. I'll let you fill in the blank on that. I just asked journalists. I just asked the question. I'll let you fill in the blank on that. You know what they're doing. <laughs> you have to remember that I think generally everyone thinks they're the hero. So Dan Patrick and um, you're welcome for that. And and Mike Collier, they both think they're Iron Man in the Marvel movies, right? People think they're Coach Taylor from Friday Night Lights. Like equally, there are very few people who are so insidious inside they're pretending. So when somebody takes an MLK quote and you're like, how the fuck can you do that? They think they're the hero. They think they're the hero. Right, Tom? Yeah. All right. Here, Ivy. Maybe tweet a thumbs for you. Up. Sitting on my porch, smoking my cigar, looking up at the sky. Yeah, breeze, she definitely said this. One hundred percent. You want? Do you want me to get through his beat poetry here, or we're just going? It, up? it was just getting good. That was that's the best part. Sitting on my porch, smoking my cigar, looking up at the sky, a peaceful breeze, a sunset. The birds are chirping. Oh shit! That's my phone. Being editor is hard. Hashtag text ledge. Yeah, that 100%. He wrote that and he was really proud of it. Scott. No. I captured the voice. Nope, that, that wasn't. I did it. I did it. She's so proud. Maybe you, you changed the voice up on that one. I'm not a good voice actor. Wow. but I'm great. That's my only weakness. I'm trying not to mix the cigars with politics, but they overlap sometimes. Oh, they've been mixed for a long time. <laughs> not because I did it. They just no. they overlap sometimes. Yeah. Okay, final tweeter twasn't Aaron. Okay. Yes, that's it. Don Huffines promises the Cowboys will win another ring and the border will be secure if he's governor. Is the ad stupid because you're all talking about it? Or is it brilliant because you're all talking about it? This stuff is harder than y'all think. Hashtag Texas. <laughs> Only because it sounded just like Scott. I'm going to say it was a tweet. Scott. I'm trying to remember now. I think I tweeted something like that. 
You did. I actually combined okay, two right. I was, tweets. You put together. two together. Yeah, right. I did. So that's two points. Almost. It's like two. Is it two points for Aaron if it was two tweets that you that you mashed together no. in an amalgamation of I tweets? Double the tweets, okay. man. I'm no, just it's saying. just one. Because this is what I noticed, Scott. Is I mm. think your tweets are hilarious. As I went back through them, you were actually responding in the initial tweets. So your your initial tweets are ne- normally factual, mm. right? Your 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 uh your quips are in your responses, and so I was noticing. I was like, well, nobody's gonna understand the is the ad stupid? I had to, I had to, you needed the it. whole context. I, I did. Yeah. I did. Cause you're a journalist. All right, All right so, Amy. But, how- you, okay. but you're just explaining why Aaron does not get two points for this. Correct. Yeah. Aaron gets one point. Aaron got one point either way. I feel like. He was I trying to cheat there, Ivy. Either way. Ivy, I was trying to, I was looking out for you. He, he was trying to argue for two points when he didn't really deserve it. <laughs> not that time. Thanks, Scott. <laughs> They're you're, you're acknowledged in in the in the women's republicans room of, of my heart <laughs> <laughs> i'm sure it's the biggest room the biggest room you've ever seen it's a it's a uh, beautiful room a big a big beautiful room i was trying to think of a horrible joke about like the casting couch for politics do like that. whose couch do i need to lay on or get laid on amy my what was that is, my connection is uh not i can't hear anything you're saying uh-oh Hello. Can probably that's probably Is what happens. Is it me you're looking for? Probably what happens. No, I'm going to casting, Adele. It's, it's probably just what happens if you're making casting couch jokes. Like I can't hear it or react to it. Oh, really? <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. oh. It's not. It's not a good premise for a joke because that um, the adult entertainment industry is actually more upstanding than Texas politics. <laughs> God that's damn. Yeah. That's... yeah, they're certainly upstanding. All right, Hello. what was that, Amy? We're tied after tied. or twasn't? What? Two what? to two. Yep. Okay. What's okay. next? Okay. Now we have, okay. So our, our special guest, Scott, is a radio personality and journalist. You know what? We should have done like a Casey Kasem top 20 game. I think it's top oh, 40. Yeah. Uh, but I just thought that up right now. So instead we're playing journalism schmernalism. Okay, here we <laughs> go. Stephanie, take it away. Okay, I've lost my game. Some people are going to say that's my whole career is journalism. journalism. <laughs> <laughs> you do this stuff for 25 years and they say, well, you know, journalism, schmernalism. All right, Tom, that's the quote for the beginning of the show for the podcast. Okay, look, this is a tougher quiz. I'm I want you to know. Right now. What? I'm tweeting this at him right now. Oh, uh, please. Oh, my God, please. Okay, I had a hard time making journalism entertaining or funny. So this is the best I could do. Tough question here. Okay, this first question is fill in the blank. Okay, it's going to go Ivy, then Aaron. You're just going to fill it. You're going to answer until we run out of answers. Okay, until one of you can think of no more. And I'll give you an example. If I were to say name Marvel characters, Ivy would say. You're on mute. I lost her. Iron Man. Okay, and then Aaron, you'd say Hawkeye, and then Ivy would say Black Widow, and then Aaron would say Warhawk. Okay, great, we got it. So instead, this is about journalism. Are you ready, there Ivy? You go. you go first. Name a news organization in Texas that covers the Texas legislature. The Texas Tribune. Great, Aaron. Statesman. Great, Ivy. The AP. 
Sure. Aaron. That's that's broad, man. That's it just, is broad. You're that, right. It You're counts. Right. They got count one it. guy in Austin. Houston, and he's working really hard. Okay. I well, know they have an Austin bureau. AP does a good job. Uh, Dallas Morning. Sure. Ivy. Houston Chronicle. Aaron. CC Caller Times. Okay. Ivy. The McAllen Caller Monitor. Oh, good. I was gonna say. All right. Yes. Uh, Amarillo Globe. Someone said the quorum report. I was hello, it's right there. It's right there. Uh, I changed my answer from Amarillo Globe to quorumreport.com. Okay. Ivy. Um, Beatrix Queen. I don't know that one. We're gonna get to a point where I don't know. Okay. Sounds good. Aaron. Uh the uh El Paso Sometimes. It's real. It's not a. There's no sun. Is it just? Is it El Paso Times? El Paso Times. Times. Okay. It's because they were supposed to be the Sun Gators, so I don't know. I I combine. We're just naming um, newspapers now. Well, you know, it was a new game I was trying, and it and it didn't go the way I wanted. So we're gonna (laughs) go two more times. Ivy. Um. Man, I think I'm running running out if we're just doing uh, newspapers. Oh, uh, just newspapers. I mean, like podcasts, maybe. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Whatever. Uh, (laughs) KDRA in North Texas. Over the ledge. Yes, that's it. Okay. There you go. There we go. We're ending there. We're ending there. We. Nobody said Texas Observer. That's actually the one I read. I didn't know how to do that. That question. There were a whole. Okay, great. I am amazed with how many news outlets both of y'all knew. Very good. So, Amy, I assume they tied there. Yeah. So it's just one point apiece. All right. That's okay. We're going back to Ivy. Which of the following is not a requirement to earn a press pass to access restricted areas of the Texas House chamber? Okay. Not a requirement. Okay. Not a requirement. A, applicant must have a journalism degree and two years experience in their field. B, Applicant must be employed by a print, broadcast, or internet news organization or by a wire service serving those organizations. C. Applicant may not be engaged in any lobbying or paid advocacy. D. Applicant must fill out an application, get it notarized, and have a reference letter on official letterhead from their employer. Uh, A. You, you, You can be brand new and you don't need a journalism degree to be a journalist. You're right. Boom. Wow. How does that make you feel, Ivy? What do you um, think about that? Be careful. <laughs> this is uh, for posterity's sake, so be honest. Yeah, I think Go plenty of people are really good at things that they didn't get college degrees for. And probably most jobs, you don't need college degrees at all. Hey, joke's on you. I got my degree in journalism, and I'm not in journalism. <laughs> there you go. You taught well, them. Yeah. Well, I have a GED, and I've been doing journalism for 25 years, so I think I don't know anything about it except I've done it for a long time. I have a master's in business and a journalism degree, and I do comedy. (laughs) My mother's doctorate is in 17th century literature, and and I say, what do you do with that? Teach remedial writing. She's like, (laughs) that's what she would raise little assholes like you, Scott. Why are you questioning your mother? That's correct. No, she has a great Amy, sense of humor about it. 
Amy, do you have a degree in journalism? Because it looks like everybody does. But so I think everyone does except for me. I did an internship no? with the nation when I was right out of college without an English degree. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. Well, and it's, yeah. So my inspiration for this comment was I feel like we've gotten to a point where we used to rely on journalists and think they were impartial. And now, of course, anyone could call themselves a journalist and we're just believing what they have to say. And I am fascinated that both of you are like, no, no, you don't need a degree because when you think about an engineer or an architect or right, you want someone to have the training and the stamp. So, so what do you think, Scott, how do you help the public differentiate between truthful journalism and, and opinion? Well, I mean, back up, we have had um, a, a really interesting evolution in the history of journalism, especially in the United States, uh, you know, since its founding. And if you think about all the way back to the beginning, and this is, you get criticism, people will say, you know, that I share a lot of views. Uh, and there are, there are people in my business who let their opinions be known. And that's so it's somehow supposed to undermine your ability to be a journalist. But if you go all the way back to the beginning of the United States, um, and through the first 100, 150 years, you had a lot of two and three newspaper towns. And whatever city you were in, let's say you were in Houston, and you might have, you know, you've got the Houston Chronicle and the Houston Post. Or in Dallas, you've got the, you know, the Dallas Morning News. Um, and I'm trying to remember what the other one was. Uh, was it uh, the Times Herald uh, in Dallas? Yeah. yeah. And so throughout, throughout the United States and all these cities, it's not just that you had two newspapers. You had a Republican newspaper and a Democratic newspaper. Right. They had those points of view. And okay. so they had those points of view. And so what ended up happening, it was a business decision that, you know, people will say that journalists are supposed to just tell you both sides and let you figure it out. Well, that was a business decision. When there was a Republican paper, they would write about it from that perspective or a Democratic paper. They'd write about it from that perspective. But over the years, there was consolidation in media and a lot of these newspapers shut down. They were either purchased by the other newspaper and they would consolidate the staff and they would turn out. That, uh, you know, in whatever city, so take Houston, for example, if you get the Chronicle and the, uh, the Houston Post, um, if you are a Republican newspaper, there are certain kind of advertisers that you can sell, uh, you know, on, on having their ads in that newspaper. And for the Democratic newspaper, you'd have to find other advertisers, right? Because there's a lot of advertisers who wouldn't agree with what was in the Republican newspaper, so you could sell them in the Democratic newspaper. But once there was only one newspaper... And this is what is so funny to me with all these people who want to lecture everybody about journalists are supposed to tell both sides and just let you figure it out. Um, the whole idea of that comes, it's a business decision. They were trying to sell, once there was only one newspaper, they're trying to sell ads to everyone in town. So then they wanted the journalist to tell the story from both sides. Like, here's what the Republicans said, and here's what the Democrats said, and you mm -hmm. figure it out. And that's so that the salespeople at the newspaper could then sell ads to whoever. Right. It was the, the, the neutralization of the newsroom was a business decision. This didn't come out of nowhere. Right. And it didn't come out of journalism school. It's a business decision. Uh, and so what you have seen uh, since then. Right. So you had these uh, towns that had one newspaper or the Chronicle or the Dallas Morning News or a Statesman or whatever. Um, but since then, we've started to see, I think, more of a once again, a democratization of the media landscape in which you have MSNBC, which is more liberal and Fox, which is more conservative. And then you have Newsmax and some of these other things that are way over here in Trump land, a QAnon, the ones who would show things that even Fox News won't show, that's even got its own market, right? And they sell mm -hmm. and they sell advertising based on that. But this idea that journalists should not have a point of view, um, I think that's I think that's 
that that's a made up thing. It's, somebody made and and that was that was a business decision based on what I was talking about. This idea that you can undermine what somebody's saying because they have a point of view is really bogus. I think what you should uh, judge it on is whether the person is an honest broker of information. So I think you know, around the Capitol, what I have tried to do is both have a point of view, but also be known by Republicans and Democrats. Like right here, I'm on a more liberal Democratic program. Like I said before, I would go on conservative programs. People in both of those venues would say, Scott's a straight shooter. He doesn't make stuff up, right? And he's not, and here's the thing, you, you see, you, you see sort of these James O'Keefe types on the right. You see, uh, you know, some of these folks will completely fabricate things to try to make a point, but they're not doing journalism, they're doing propaganda. Um, but I think, you know, in the in the United States, we have a rich history uh, of some of the best journalism being done by people who do come from a point of view and people who might either be on the right or the left are trying to make some point. But they're actually giving you real information, being honest brokers, telling you the truth, but also making their argument. And I think that there's plenty of room for that. But there's there's plenty of room for all sorts of journalists, you know, the people who do what I just described. And, and there's also a lot of working journalists in Texas today who take that model of, hey, I'm going to tell you what the Republicans said and what the Democrats said. And let you figure it out. But I would say there is, uh, you know, there's something to uh, the old adage that if you're a journalist, your job isn't just to say like one person said that it's raining and the other person said that it's not. Your job is to open the window and figure out who's right. That's right. Yeah. Thank you. Well, then. I don't know why on. I got off on that. Don't know why I got. Off I on love that it. Decision. I should I have another it. drink. Go for it. <laughs> Okay, who I think this is to Aaron. Mm -hmm. Which of the below headlines is not penned by Scott Braddock? Oh boy. <laughs> I've, I've written a lot of those. Here we go. <laughs> Chubacabra, the Marfa lights, and the granny tax, all Texas myths. B, the value of blue collar work. C, you put your right foot in. Guess what? There is no left foot. This is Texas. And D, how do they sleep at night? I feel like how do they sleep at night is a little on the nose. Don't forget, none of y'all have asked Scott for help. Yeah, I was going to say, do we still have the, that rule? Yeah. Uh, yeah, can I get some uh, help on this, Scott? Which, which one did you not write? When he, when he asked for help, what form is that? Can you just you say just like, which one did him. you not? Or yeah. can I say which or can I say which can I say one of the ones that I did write and narrow it down? You can, but the point of the clue is you just tell him the truth if you know. You tell him the answer? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Just like a journalist would. Friend, tell, me, Scott. tell me the truth. Being an honest broker. Open I did not write the thought. I did not write the thing about the the right foot in and the left foot and all that. <laughs> but How do they sleep at night? It was pretty How do good. they sleep at night? Um, that was in uh, Salon. And uh, yeah. it was a piece that I wrote about uh, workers' rights in Texas. Oh, oh, that's actually really clever. Check it out. I like do that. You, are you mm -hmm. still a founder of that organization about workers' rights, construction, something or another? Uh, so uh, not anymore. I, I did a lot of work that I'm real proud of with a group uh, that, uh, based out of Houston uh, and the website that where we published a lot of our work was constructioncitizen.com. Uh, and it had a lot to do with uh, the uh, worker, with the, the working conditions of people who work in the construction industry in Texas, which is, uh, you know, particularly dangerous. Uh, not, uh, you know, not just that industry, but that industry specific to Texas. There's not a lot of 
protections for those folks. And I was trying to shine a light on some of that stuff. And I did that for about seven or eight years, something like that. We did a lot of great work there. And they continue on. Uh, and I support them in their work. It's constructioncitizen.com. Okay, now we're playing a round called Texas Journalist, Texas Candidate, or Texas Character on TV. I'm going to read a name, and you're going to guess if this person, guess or no, if they're a journalist, a candidate, or a character on TV. We're back to you, Ivy. Okay. Billy Lee Brammer. Oh. And Here's you my can high ask school quarterback. Scott. Three times. Oh, that's right. Okay, Scott. I think it's character. What do you think? Billy Lee Brammer. Mm -hmm. And you said what? That they're a, a journalist or or what are they, else? Are they a journalist? What it? Or a character on TV? Yeah. Yeah. Billy Lee Brammer uh, was a journalist who wrote *The Gay Place*. Really good. A wow. Great book. The one, the best it. book about Texas politics. Great. Okay, oh. Aaron. Smash Williams. Could there be a fourth possible response? <laughs> Come on. Um, Are you serious? You don't know, just know this off the top of your head? I believe that's a TV character, isn't it? You're correct. Yeah. <laughs> Friday Night Lights. Yeah. Smash Williams. Oh, I was thinking this was the casting couch. Yeah. Call back. <laughs> what is she saying? I can't hear anything. She's <laughs> broke up again. Oh, oh. Wow. I thought that yeah. was going to be the casting couch callback. I think he's joking. he's still he's still king of so, like, can't hear women's voices. I can't hear anything. Like, ah, selective hearing. No jokes. Casting couch. My this goes dead. I can't hear anything about. Here, that. let me share my screen real quick. <laughs> Here we go. Ivy, Rich Wakeland. Rich Wakeland. Based on nothing, I guess I uh, would call him a candidate. You're correct. He's wow. a Democratic candidate for governor. Should she get extra points for that? Because that's good. Guess. That just sounds like somebody who feels that he should be in office. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Did you just go off of? I've never heard. Yeah, did of you them, look so it up? Did you look down and look it up, Ivy? No. No. Okay. All no, right. I, I'm looking I know it up because I, I didn't hear of that person either. It was on the now. internet. It was on the internet. And that means it must be true. Obviously. Okay, Aaron. Bobby Hill. <laughs> Damn it, Bobby. There you go. He's got it. All right. It's obviously a candidate. <laughs> Ivy. He's a, a character that should be a candidate. Amen. Ivy. Dustin Burroughs. Dustin Burroughs sounds like a journalist. Or a Texas country <laughs> song, singer songwriter. All those things. He's actually a, a candidate. Yeah. He's a candidate. He's the chairman He's of the calendars rep. committee in the yeah. Texas House. Very powerful man. Yeah. Aaron. Oh, uh, Candy Kane Horn. Oh, she is a candidate. <laughs> um. <laughs> I do remember her. You Republican can't a name for like governor. <laughs> and apparently she has, I didn't realize she was an heiress and has spent yeah. $1.5 million on billboard just because. No one really knows. Yeah, and I still have student loans she hasn't taken care of. Okay. Yeah, how about that? Okay, Ivy. Bobby If I had that kind of money, I would just buy the laws I want. I would not go to the rigmarole of having to run for office. <laughs> just buy, yeah. Bobby Ewing. Some people do that. 
Ivy. Bobby Ewing. I have no idea. Scott. Is she out of questions to me? Mm -hmm. No, I only asked you one. No, I got three. Yeah. She has two. Um, she has three total. Bobby Ewing is a TV character. From Dallas. From Dallas. From Dallas. I played that on the piano. Okay, last one, I think, to you, Aaron. Yep. Molly, Molly Ivins. Character? You get negative 10 points. No. For not no, knowing that. That's really bad now. You don't you know both either. get negative Maybe. 10 points. All right. Thank you so much for listening to Over the Ledge. We're recording this podcast. I think this is your last show after that. I think you're right. I mean, <laughs> Molly I mean, Ivans, so Democratic Democrat show. You know, they didn't know who Molly Ivans was. Yeah, man. <laughs> Please, Briscoe, come on my show. Complete. You want Briscoe Kane on this show? So badly. Do you want, Brisco want Briscoe Kane on this so show? So badly. Yes. If I had to promise him that uh, that I would appear alongside him, does that work? Yes, please. Do you think he'd survive the monologue part, or can I just? Do I think the... he has a much. I'll say this about Chair Kane. I think he has a much better sense of humor than you think. I want him on this show so badly. I can see will that. you? Will you make that <laughs> happen? Like, I can see that it's, it's a it's a life mission for you. It really I'll is. Him. I'll ask him. Can we I'll make this that another corn joke, or should I'll we not do I that? One? I can't guarantee it, but okay. I'll ask him. I oh, this makes that. me nervous. I don't know why. <laughs> Because we've made so many jokes. People I think Aaron, like... here's what, here's the challenge. I think, Aaron, you'd like Briscoe Kane if you got to talk to him. And there are a lot of people who, who I know in the process, who I think the, the folks on the other side of the, you know, of the political divide, that they would like those people if they sat down and talked to them. He's one of them. Oh. For sure. I mean, it's not theoretical. When you grow up in Texas, like I mean, they're your neighbors. They're the people on your PTA. Mm -hmm. You know, on your PTA, they're you know, there are teachers who teach us really problematic things. <laughs> you know, like they're That's they're true. everywhere. There's no, it's no question. Like these are not, you know, when people have different political, different, differing mm -hmm. political views. I think I, I personally, I feel like the rankers is um a lot. It's not, it's not, you know, the kinds of folks who come through on this show who you know are always demonizing the other side i, I mean the other side literally is, is sometimes is like they're like they literally camp out in front of my abortion shop with signs you know <laughs> saying you know saying what terrible people you know terrible people and what um you know presuming what moral choices people are people are making but in reality if they you know in another context of those same you know, those same patients walking in and out or whatever, and then we're just sitting down for coffee. They would, uh, they're, they're probably actually neighbors, you know, they're well, it, neighbors and help each other with their dogs and their cats and what have you. I think you're making an interesting point. I, I think when you think about the kind of things that people go through in their actual lives, when you, when you, you I, I know some people who are very conservative Republicans who probably agree with the new abortion law that was passed and different restrictions that have been passed in Texas, but they may have had things happen in their own family. And what they would say is, but that's, but that's my family. Right. And, and, yep. and so they, and, and so they kind of internalize it and they kind of, they kind of wall themselves off from everybody else's experience and they're happy to judge other people. Um, but I think one of the things that happened over the last year is and really the last two years as, as people were even more and more isolated um i think that one thing that happened during our last legislative session is the people who were and i think stephanie probably might agree is that 
is that people were not socializing in the same way that mm-hmm. they would in previous legislative sessions. And so, because they were the, because there were COVID restrictions in place, and people weren't just uh, Democrats and Republicans weren't standing around talking to each other about these sorts of family issues or talking to each other about their kids' soccer game or you know, hey, what did you, know, what did you think about the Cowboys game last night or whatever, like you know, stuff like that, stuff that has nothing to do with politics. And then, and and that's important because people go to talk to each other on the House floor. Or they go to, uh, you know, to talk to each other at, at various receptions, you know, whether it's Harris County Day or whatever at the Capitol, where you've got a lot of people who would interact that they might not otherwise interact. And you've got all these people who are newly elected to the legislature, and they came from a very Republican place, or they came from a very Democratic place, and they get to the Capitol. And one thing that happens during a normal legislative session, when you don't have all these COVID restrictions where people can't really talk to each other, during a normal legislative session. They socialize and they get to know each other. But the thing is this, it's both. It's so both. Some, so some of that does go on, but that's all human stuff, people interacting with each other. And over the last year with the COVID restrictions and everything, I think there were so many debates that were extra nasty, extra hot on the floor where people were really ripping each other up because they didn't even know each other and they didn't feel personally responsible to each other. And so anytime I see these folks come together as lawmakers and policymakers, I would much rather that they actually know each other. There's always a better work product out of that because I've seen, Stephanie, you've seen it at the Capitol and, and, and I've seen it many, many, many times where Republicans might push a certain policy, but it comes out in a form that's not as bad as it could have been because they do know and respect the Democrats that they work with. That doesn't mean it's perfect and that, that you know, Democrats are going to agree with the whole thing. Um, but you know, responsible legislating and responsible debates uh, really happen between people who know each other. And when people don't know each other, it is toxic. It is toxic, toxic. And that's what we had in the last legislative session. It was, it was. Uh, I think it was really upsetting to people on both sides, probably more so to Democrats because they weren't getting almost anything they wanted on anything. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it was, uh, I hope we don't have a repeat of that uh, anytime soon. Where are we in the game, Amy? <laughs> um, <laughs> Aaron, remember, do you remember Aaron, we were Aaron is ahead by one point. No, they, Aaron is ahead by one. Aaron is still winning. Have they gone back and forth? (laughs) Yes. Complete. We're at the end. Well, there, there's an, I don't know where the end was, but there was an equal amount of, and Aaron is ahead. Okay. Yes. But just by one point, and you asked like a whole bunch of questions. I did. I asked so many (laughs) questions. Okay. So this one is, uh, I want to ask two more questions quickly, quickly, because we're already over our time. Uh, this one is to you, Ivy, right? Yeah. How did Scott begin his radio career? Okay. A, age seven, made tapes of the church sermons and sold them for 25 cents a piece. B, age 16, read school lunch menus on the air. C, age 17, won a Christmas caroling contest on air with his moving rendition of Silent Night, but with a funk beat. Or D, age 21, college DJ of the late, late, early show, quote, Loner's Gun Alone at Texas A&M. And you can't ask him for help. This one is all you. I, I just want all it you. to be A so bad. I want it to be the entrepreneurial church sermons for 25 cents each. So I'm going to pick it. Okay, good try. It was age 16 reading lunch menus. That's what your website says. That's right. Yeah. Oh, okay. wow. Okay, Aaron, you get to, uh, in honor of my birthday, you get to answer a question about me. 
What is Stephanie's favorite TV show that has been on the air in the last 20 years? And hint, there was a character from this show earlier. Dallas? Dallas or King of the Hill? Dallas? (laughs) I think I know. Is it Friday Night Lights? Oh, hell. You already said Dallas. Okay, you said it. All right, so I think they're in a tie, huh? No, Aaron's there in one. Aaron's still the winner. Aaron's, okay. yeah, he's still got call his it, lead. Call it for AA, Ron, Amy. Call it. All right. The winner is the most knowledgeable comedian in Austin, AA Ron Salinas. Well earned. AA <laughs> Ron. Pause for picture that we never post ever, but we will, right, Tom? It's on our to do list. Did you take it? Yeah. Did I you do it? okay all right congrats (laughs) thank you i'm honored i need your help with two things i'm being sincere one is i want republicans on this show and i i I would love a writer who knows how to make fun of democrats i don't know how to do that but but i do want to i mean i can do that i don't have time to be on the show (laughs) all the time but i can certainly make fun of democrats in texas believe me okay so send me some shit there's a reason they asked me to speak to all these republican groups you know well, help, help me because okay. the, the I'll send you a couple here. of jokes about Democrats and then I will Please. I will just revel in the fact that you're reading them. On the <laughs> I will do it. I will do it. The point of the show is to parody people who abuse power, not either political party. It does go to what we were talking about before. And I think, um, you know, Ivy's points are well taken. But um, but what I would add to it is just that when people who uh, are elected to these legislative bodies and they may be you know teed up to pass things that no one else on this call agrees with some of the things i might actually agree with and some (gasps) things i don't depends on what it is but some other things that i might not agree with we may all have you know different opinions about different things but i think one of the things that is very healthy and and the only way to continue to fix it is to uh to elect more people to these uh to these positions of power that are that are more diverse in their opinions is that when people come into these debates there are a lot of folks who have never heard a person articulate the other side and really listen to it and really think about it right and and i've I've seen that over and over again uh where no matter what the issue was whether it was an abortion issue uh whether it had to do with uh transgender children whether it had to do with um constitutional carry of firearms and all these other things and and other things that are not as controversial, um, but but I I have seen it just time and time again, where it's very clear that a person who is a, you you mentioned Chairman Kane, he was um, he was defending the elections bill last year, and he was not he I think he would admit now he did not do the best job in the history of the world when he was defending it. Um, Representative Raphael and Chief from uh, Raphael and Chief from Dallas got up and said, you know, in your bill. You mentioned the purity, quote, the purity of the vote. And he asked Chairman Kane, do you know where that phrase comes from, the purity of the vote? And Kane said he had not heard where that came from. He, he thought that purity of the vote basically meant, you know, keeping the vote secure and all of that. Uh, and Anchia then schooled him about the fact that the purity of the vote basically meant that at one point in Texas history uh, that we only wanted white people to vote. Well, I, I knew knowing Chairman Kane, that he did not know that. And so when he heard it, and so when he heard it, he admitted 
and said he didn't know it and said, and it's been parodied in different places, but he said, well, I'm very sorry to hear that. <laughs> so, so here's the thing. He took it out. He took it out of the bill, right? And this is from, now I'm not sitting here telling you that he's the best guy in the history of the world and any of you would ever vote for him. But the point is, because of a real conversation with someone he respects, he said, you know what? That should not be in the bill, so we're going to take it out. So I've seen this over and over again in debates where people actually have it out, they hash it out, and there's an honest exchange of ideas, and things can be changed. There, I will not sit here and tell you Pollyanna-ishly that, that that's always what happens. In fact, a lot of times it doesn't. Sometimes you'll see people sort of stick their fingers in their ears, and they won't really listen to what's being said on the other side. Amy, take us out. Get us home, Amy. All right. Thank you so much to our special guest. Yes, thank y'all. This Democratic was and comedian Ailey. A first. Very exciting. Uh, Scott, where can people find you next? Uh, they can check me out on very conservative radio talk shows, of course. The Mark Davis Show, The Chad Hasty Show. They can follow me on Twitter for all of my cigar pictures. Uh, they can go to quorumreport.com. Click subscriptions at the top of the page. We'll get you signed up. All right. And Ivy, how about you? Where can people find you on social media and where are you performing next? Uh, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. I'm everywhere. Um, okay. And it's the phrase at, at Ivy Lee with one E all spelled out. Um, but I would love for you to check out my Spotify, Spotify studio show, Fogo, Fear of Going Outside, available anywhere that you find podcasts. Um, and I think my next shot that every, my next gig that everybody else will be able to access is the Zoom callback show is going to be on February 18th. And you can get details on my Instagram. Aaron, too, do you have where are you going to be next? Uh, I'm kind of laying low. Hopefully not passed out from uh, blood sugar. From I'm, uh, I'm laying low uh, for during uh, uh, COVID stuff, but I got some storytelling events coming up. Uh, and I'm going to be uh, live streaming Kingdom Hearts because uh, I've never played it here in the next couple of weeks. So, all right, Thanks, I'll let those details be known. All right, thank you. On Twitch, are you set to yeah. Panda on Twitch? Yep, I got you, man. Thank you, guys, and thank you to our over the ledge benevolent Empress Stephanie Chiarello. Thank you to our sound engineer Tom Booker. Just remember, Tom Booker loves you. And that's our show. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to our podcast wherever you get yours. Like us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and now TikTok as at Over the Ledge. And thank you, Amy Lowry, for taking us through this episode. Don't forget, she's glad you're here. Thank you. Bye. 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 Thanks for sticking around with us, Mom, Dad, Wendy, Phil. Riveted. Riveting riveting conversation. Wow. (laughs) I learned something new.